This is The Varsity, a sports podcast from The Record North Shore, your nonprofit local news site. Howdy, folks, and welcome to the latest episode of The Varsity Podcast, a podcast where we discuss everything involving North Shore high school sports. I am am Michael Dwojek from the Friday Night Drive here with the Record North Shore founding member Joe Coughlin as we've got some holiday hoops to talk about so we'll talk about those uh, games uh, in the first and second quarter in the third quarter we'll play our usual way or no way game and then in the fourth quarter we are going to look back at the calendar year of 2021 um, and talk about some of our favorite moments and uh, maybe look ahead a little bit here but um, just a quick reminder before we get started uh, that you can subscribe to the podcast anywhere that they're available, Apple, iTunes, Spotify, Android, whatever have you. We are all there and make sure you give us a nice little review. We always appreciate all the positive feedback that we get each and every week and uh, make sure you're checking out old episodes of the podcast as well. Those are still gold as well, despite being a little bit older. Um, always good to get some insight there. Um, looking back at the football season, some holiday tournaments as well. Um, so we got some good stuff there. But um, I hope everyone enjoyed their holiday season, is enjoying the holiday season. I know kids are on break, but uh, the basketball teams are out and about playing uh, hoops all around the Chicago area, even downstate a little bit. Um, even though I know most people in Illinois will get mad at me if I say that uh, Pontiac is downstate. But um, that's a different argument for a different day. But um, we've got hoops going on, and uh, why don't we start off with uh, the Pontiac tournament, where um, Nutria boys are competing. Um, we are recording this Wednesday night, and uh, Nutria will be taking on uh, Simeon in the semifinals on Thursday morning, and then we'll either play in the third place game or the fourth or the championship game um, Thursday evening. But um, Nutria defeated Manuel in the first round, defeated West Aurora in the second round. Seemed like they had a pretty easy time with their first two opponents, Joe, and um, setting up a pretty uh, a pretty big matchup against Simeon in the semifinals. Yeah, it really looks like Nutria's back on track. Um, you know, they got that tournament win out in Arizona with three games, and the two here. It looks, you know, just by the scores, I haven't seen them in person since they, well, since their blowout on the last last night of, at Gates, but it seems like their defense is, is back in place, which really kind of... Uh, GBS took it apart a little bit um, with plenty of open, open looks, open threes. Seems like that's really solid right now. Um, they held West Aurora to, I think, like one or like, like one or two field goals in the first half today, this afternoon. Uh, again, we're recording on Wednesday. So they're in good shape. Um, they took care of business in the first two games and to set up a matchup with Simeon, which is, it's going to be uh, quite a battle. Simeon's, the two seed, um, some could say the favorite. Curry had um, a couple trouble, uh, a couple tough matchups in rounds one and two. So, but they're back in the semifinals. But still, um, I think Simeon's right up there for the favorites with Curry and Nutria's after that. So we'll see if Nutria can give them a run and maybe maybe surprise some people. I think they have the talent to do it, but Simeon's also has the talent. Yeah, I mean, you, you think that GBS game could not have, I mean, just to have the COVID issues and everything like that could not have come at a worse time. I mean, obviously, um, we don't know how the game would have happened. Um, obviously, if Nutria was healthy and able to have um, all their players available. But I think that they've shown um, since that hiccup against GBS that 
um, they can still compete against the best teams. And we'll obviously see that on Thursday against Simeon and whoever else they play um, in the, you know, second game on Thursday, whatever game they're playing in. But um, it seems like this team has really figured out um, what they uh, can really do and are really uh, relying on their strengths. Yeah. And that's, that's their, their big physical defense and uh, their shooting. It, it seems like in the past, he, it started to happen a little bit in the GBS game where Jake Fegan realized that if they're stopping Monroe in the post, then he's got to get his on the perimeter. He's got to figure out a way to create his own shots because that's going to open the flow of the whole offense. Um, and since then, he's probably averaging over 20 a game um, for the Trevs. So um, I think he scored 22 in the opening round. I'm not sure what he did today. But uh, so that's dangerous for them. Um, and uh, that opens their other shooting too when he's, when he's working it. So uh, gets into his bag, as the kids say. So, um, yeah, I think they're in a good spot. Where I'm, re- I'm really excited to see how that is. Unfortunately, the schedule's my schedule doesn't work out to get down there for the Simeon game, but I'll be there after the fact for their, whether it's the championship or the third place game tomorrow night. So we'll see, but I'm excited to see. It seems like they're on, they're on a good track. So doing a game preview, I mean, what are you just expecting out of this matchup against Simeon? And then either they're playing in the championship game or they're playing in the third, fourth place game um, against Curry, who's also in the semifinals. And then we're still waiting to see whether Bennett or Juliet West will uh, join the final four here. Well, yeah, I think Nutrier just has to – Simeon's going to want to get out and run. Um, they're just uh, obviously really talented team, and when they get out in transition, they're very difficult to stop. So you're going to need to board, you're going to need to rebound, and you're going to need to play transition defense because you're going to miss shots. Um, just going to happen. So if you can limit their offensive rebounds in second place, second chances, then you get – your flow of the offense because Nutria runs a transition offense as well. Um, it's going to be a little bit of an up and down game. I feel, I feel like we might see a bit um, higher scoring than normal because while Nutria's defense is good, you know, borderline great. Um, I don't know. Stopping a Simeon team to under, under 50 points is um, I don't know if that's possible. So we're just going to need to see that the, the, the Trevians be really tough on the glass and then as well on their transition defense, I feel. Yeah, I think it'll be a really good it'll be it'll be another good really test for them. Um, like we talked about in last week's podcast about just being able to compete against the state's best. I mean, regardless if you beat Simeon or not, um, you're going to need to uh figure that out and you're going to need to um, you know, take on a, a good team like Curry or Bennett or Juliet West. So um these next two games should be really good and uh really present a lot of good opportunities for uh Nutrier moving forward. But um, luckily that tournament, uh, is able to get all of its games in, um, the same cannot be said for a lot of the tournaments, holiday tournaments are happening right now. Um, the Nutria girls team was set to, uh, compete in the Dundee crown tournament, but, um, unfortunately are still dealing with, uh, COVID issues. So, um, they were not able to compete in that tournament, but, uh, the Loyola Academy girls basketball team is competing in the Montini tournament though. Um, that is no longer a tournament. It is now just, uh, um, a shootout, so uh, no bracket or anything like that, just getting some games in, which is good. And uh, Loyola's got off to a good start at the Montini tournament, beating uh, Burlington Central, Huntley, and St. Francis uh, to start the week 3-0. and They'll play on Thursday at 1 o'clock, and Joe, you mentioned you'll be at that game. But um, kind of back to business for Loyola, just kind of 
um, what we expected from them uh, in this tournament. Yeah, you know, they're, they're one of the best, if not the best in the tournament, but there's some good teams. Um, you know, they had a good, a good battle with Huntley, um, but they took care of them. And, um, you know, Burlington as well. They beat them 47-40. So um, they played two games on Tuesday. Um, so they got to be tired going into Thursday. They'll play Whitney Young, um, who, uh, who I think, yeah, they had a loss. They, they lost to Naperville North in overtime. Obviously, Naperville North, a very good team as well. So, but this will be quite a test for Loyola. Um, Loyola's only loss this year is to Montini. They don't run into them this tournament, but they will run into Whitney Young. Um, this is going to be a battle. I expect uh, really good basketball to be played. And um, I think Loyola will compete. I don't know if they'll win. Um, I haven't seen Whitney Young in person. I just know they're very good. So I'm excited to see that one. Yeah, that should be a fun matchup. And we'll uh, obviously keep up with Joe on Twitter and at the recordnorthshore.org for the latest results and everything that happens in that game. And then um, you had the Loyola Academy boys taking uh, part in the Hinkle tournament at Jacobs High School up in Algonquin. Um, Loyola falling in its last two games uh, and made the uh, semifinals, uh, but lost to uh, Larkin and then um, lost in the third or fourth place game. Joe, I know you were there for that game. Just what happened to Loyola um, in that in, in that Monday game and that uh, in the game on Tuesday where um, it seems like size kind of got in the matter and Loyola couldn't uh, um, keep up um, as they uh, as the week started here. Yeah, I mean, Larkin's one of the best teams in the state. Um, I think they're, they're ranked in the top 20. I think actually uh, Coach Livatino put out a tweet that said like they're, they're severely underranked. Um, he really liked what he saw and they ended up beating Barrington the following night to win the tournament title. So Larkin's a very good team. Um, and Loyola battled with them. I think if the final score was 66 to 54 or something like that. Came down to the fourth quarter. Give yourself a chance. Then Larkin was a bit too much. Um, and then the next night, I mean, they ran into Conrad Luchensky, who's seven foot three, like a legit seven foot three. Uh, I can't remember the last time I've seen a plus seven footer at the high school level. Who was that nimble, um, that um, athletic? He, he got his shots up really quickly, knew, you know, his shots, you know, his awareness on the court was very strong. He knew when he had to put up a shot, when he had to do it quickly when he wasn't in the right position. So he had to pass out of it and his passes were crisp. They were on point. Um, I think he had five assists, but he probably set up a few other open looks on hockey assists, um, assist to an assist. So he was very good. Very impressive. I did read, um, it, it was a little old, but I read that he doesn't have a college offer. Um, I don't know how true that is anymore, but that seems really silly for a seven foot three guy who can actually handle the basketball, shoot the three. He hit a, he was one for one for three, very smooth looking shot um, and dish out of the post. So um, he'll catch on somewhere, but very impressive stuff. And Loyola, one, they didn't have the size. They have Connor Casper as their, you know, big man. And they have him listed six, five, which um, I put that in quote air quotes. Um, you can't see me right now, but uh, not sure about that. And, uh, you know, they doubled them. They did what they could, but this is just a guy who, who overpowered and overmatched their size and, and Loyola was keeping up early. Um, I noticed they had Connor Casper on the outside on their offense to, to kind of draw the seven footer out of the lane. Um, but they, they weren't able to take advantage of that. Um, so uh, once, once uh, Bartlett went on, went on a run, um, Loyola couldn't keep up. Um, and uh, that was that. So 
I think Loyola is, um, that was my first time seeing him in person this year. Uh, that's a good team. Um, it's, it's a young team. They, you know, they're, they're, their leading scorers are junior point guard, Alex Engro and uh, junior two, three wingman, Miles, uh, Miles Bolin. And uh, he's a sophomore actually. So I, they got room to grow here and they got to learn to play with each other. At times you could kind of tell, you know, while it looked fluid at the beginning when they were chasing the score, it got a little gunky in the offense, um, people not in the right position. And I think they got to do better there. And, and, and Bartlett got some open shots and, and that that's from being out of position when you're double teaming a big man's kind of everything stemmed from the big man there from Bartlett. So they had troubles with him and just could never figure it out. Yeah. I think that uh, Loyola team is going to be interesting to look at just how much they grow from this. I mean, obviously, like you said, a good Larkin team and then um, a team uh, that features a seven foot uh, player is a, uh, uh, something that's hard to match up with without Loyola's size. But um, any final thoughts uh, and the holiday tournament before we head over to Tom Levitino in the second quarter? No, just that it's a good, you know, most teams after this get a break for at least about <clears throat> a week, celebrate the new year, and then um, probably the following weekend they'll get back on the court so they get they get a bit of time off, um, which is nice. I'm sure they'll be back practicing, but uh, – kind of regroup and reset. You get a good measuring stick and it's always nice. These tournaments are fun. You're going to play teams that you don't play in normal um, tournaments. So I'm glad that a lot of these tournaments like the Montini girls tournament and even the, the Jacobs boys tournament who had some teams that I had to drop were able to push through and persevere and, and get some games in, if not most of the games in that's, you know, kudos to all the athletic um, athletic directors and sports department professionals out there so good on them for getting these games in i know the kids enjoy it playing these teams that they won't get to see except for possibly in the playoffs so cool stuff i like holiday tournaments yeah definitely very cool and uh, like you said kudos to everyone for trying to make it work and uh trying to keep everyone uh safe and healthy obviously a very fun time of the year but um with everything else going on want to make sure that uh, everyone is uh feeling healthy and safe uh, as we uh, move on over here into a new year. But um, let's move on over now to the second quarter where we are joined by Loyola Academy boys basketball coach Tom Levitino. Joe, I know you caught up with him after Loyola's uh, loss in the uh, third, fourth place game at the Jacobs tournament. What are the folks at home going to hear? You know, I think, um, you know, I talked to coach about uh, just a lot of stuff about the game, what, they, what their game plan was for that seven footer and where it kind of fell short um, in the, in the run of play, but we also talked about how, you know, they got two straight losses here and it kind of feels like you end this tournament on a big sour note after starting three, and zero. how do you rebound? He's not, while there's things to improve on, he makes that clear. Um, there always are things to improve on. And he, he thinks the, he made a strong statement that the, the Rams will be back at it and they'll come out swinging and you don't have to worry too much about them. All right, let's take a listen. Stay away from the paint, but kind of I thought that we were, you know, sometimes when, when, when there's size or shot blockers on the other team, we haven't been really good at being able to attack and then understand how to play from attacking. We're kind of tentative, so that's, that's something we have to improve. sort of the feel and nuance how to attack and understand who you're playing against and then We've had a, we a lot of breakdowns, quite honestly, in what we do. We don't really run great offense. Um, 
and then we subbed and played a lot of players. Gave a lot of other guys opportunities. Um, and that was good. Um, for a lot of reasons. Guys deserve an opportunity to play, and we got an evaluation on them. But the evaluation is pretty simple. Like, our top guys that have been our top guys all year are going to remain our top guys. We're going to stick with them. We're going to move forward, and we're going to be good. And we're going to compete and challenge for championships the remainder of the year, period. Because that's what we do. Any, you know, third place games can be tricky in a number of ways. Any of that play into that tonight? I hope not. Like, you know, it's a game. We're competing against another team. Like, if we can't get ready to, you know. I hope not. I would hope not. It certainly wasn't from my perspective. Okay. It's an opportunity to play against a good team. And we didn't play very well, so we failed with that. So where do you, you know, uh, Alex mentioned there, there are things you can do, things that get better. Anything specific you can pinpoint? You talked about the offense. Yeah, like we're not a really good. We put a lot of lot of emphasis on intangibles, and we're not really good at intangibles. We're not really good at. We don't win loose ball battles against anybody, so we lose like ten possessions a game on that. We don't rebound the ball with two hands in traffic very well. Um, for how we do things, we don't really um, positionally defend very well. We don't understand personnel or our defensive plan great. Uh, we don't take charge as well. We don't shoot free throws well. Um, offensively, we've got to be able to break people down off the dribble. We've got to cut and screen way better. So there's a laundry list, but there usually is. Like, it's not different than any okay. other year, you know okay. what I mean? Like, it's not like the sky is falling. The only thing is that our players and, and myself, we just have to become accountable for being better. So that's a joint effort, right? Yes. Yeah. Players understanding that they need to be accountable for that, and coaches being accountable for what they're also. And, and honestly, like our parents have to be on board with that too. Um, no charges tonight, I didn't think. Yeah. I just noticed on social media, I see a lot. So is this? That's pretty rare no, for you guys, we're, right? We're, we're trending in the wrong direction. Okay. Like we're just not. And when we take them, we're not like there on time, or late, or flopping. Like, our good teams, like, we're taking, like, attempting to take, like, eight solid big boy charges a night. Right. Because we're in the right position. Right. We don't take them because we're in the wrong position. We're out of position. We don't rotate. So, the good news is we get four days off. The better news is that after four days off, we have five days of practice. We'll start again. Yeah, you said... Laundry list of things, but yeah. you all said you'll compete. No, You're not fine. too worried. Oh, we're gonna, we're, we're, we'll be back. Good. There's no doubt Good. about it. We will be back. Thanks so much, Tom, for joining us. And as always, thanks to all the players and coaches and broadcasters who join us each and every single week. Always appreciate everybody's insight and uh, good to get some uh, outside perspective as well. But let's move on over now to the third quarter where we play our weekly guessing game of Way or No Way. I throw out five propositions to Joe, and we argue about whether they can happen or they won't happen. Uh, we got some tournament action here and year in review action here as well. So why don't we start things off here where we know uh, New Trier boys basketball um, will have a top, is guaranteed a top four finish at the Pontiac tournament. tournament. So uh, way or no way, Joe, a top four uh, finish has you feeling good about New Trier. Well, I mean, I feel good about New Trier this whole season. Um, 
So a top four finish does not change my mind. So I guess I'll say no way. Now, if, if they get to the championship game, that means they beat Simeon. So absolutely. So I guess the top three finish and I'll feel really good about them, you know, starting the second half. I think they got that. I think they can do that. Um, I think there's a good possibility they do. Although third place matchups, as we know, through the years, they're tough. You got to come back after sometimes a very difficult loss. I had a game that doesn't, it's hard to get motivated for because your goal was the, and for a lot of teams is the title. So you got to really get motivated to compete. So that could be tough, but either way, um, I think a top three finish, I think a top four finish doesn't really change my mind. Top three finish, I might elevate those a little bit. So I guess my answer is no way. Yeah, I think I'd agree with you there. I think a, a top four finish, I mean, you, I mean, obviously Manuel and um, West Aurora are good teams, but um, you want to see how Nutrier looks against these top, top teams. And um, Simeon is obviously one of those teams. Curry is definitely one of those teams. And then if you end up playing uh, Juliet West or uh, um, Ben, and you're going to get some good teams uh, there as well. So um, yeah, I think I agree with you. No way. I don't think a top four finish has you feeling good. Well, it doesn't really change much, but um, if this uh, team either wins Thursday morning or wins Thursday night, um, I think that definitely has you encouraged more than you already were. Um, looking at uh, what Nutria can do at the rest of the conference season, um, but also moving forward into the postseason. Um, all right, Joe Loyola, like we said, finished fourth at the Hinko tournament. Way or no way, the fourth, fourth place finish was a disappointment. No way. Um, looking at those teams, like, I, like we already talked about a little bit, Larkin is a very good team, one of the state's best. Um, I think Barrington also puts uh, – year after year, just a well-coached, good team, usually a top 25 team out on the court. And uh, that Bartlett team, there's not going to be many teams, I'm telling you, that are going to play that guy very well. Um, Barrington took care of him. I would have liked to see the tape and just how they did it. Um, you know, while Bartlett does have its weaknesses, I think they can be attacked. Um, it has, you know, certain teams are going to have a lot of difficulty because you got to take him out of the lane, Conrad, um, their seven-footer. Um, to attack the basket or else you're only going to get perimeter shots and he can score like he dropped 30 on Loyola. So, man, I, he's really good. I'm not, I wasn't, I think they could have made it closer. I think they got in their heads a little bit. Loyola did playing a seven footer and being down that much. It went from a three point deficit to a 12 point deficit rather quickly. And I think they just uh, kind of maybe didn't adjust well after that and didn't play well in that environment. So um, I'm not, I don't think it's a disappointment. I think that's about right uh, with, with the teams I saw. Yeah, I, again, um, I think I'm going to agree with you. I think that's a no way. Um, Larkin, like you mentioned, one of the best teams, um, one of the better teams in the state. Um, and then I think, uh, um, I do think, I do think I wish that they would have performed a little bit better against uh, Bartlett and, um, obviously having a very tall player can get in the way of doing that. But I do think that uh, I would have liked to see more um, just out of that. But obviously maybe this is a lesson where you learn now. Um, and then uh, when uh, um, it's time for the postseason and you face off against a team similar to um, uh, Barlett, who has a tall player, maybe you have a game plan, better game plan um, than what happened against uh, in this uh, tournament game. So um, yeah, I don't think it's a, it, it's a disappointment. Obviously I think, um, based on what I said last week about how this team could do. Um, I thought this team could have gone maybe a little bit farther, at least a championship game. But um, yeah, I think uh, losing to Larkin 
and losing against a seven footer um, when your tallest player is five, six, probably um, is, uh, is going to uh, make it hard. Um, all right. Like we mentioned earlier, the third way or no way um, that the Loyola Academy girls basketball tournament uh, in Montini became a shootout um, way or no way that the Ramblers missed out by not having a tournament. Uh, I think I, that's, that's going to be a personal, um, I'll have to, I'll have to pull, do a straw poll of the team. Um, shootouts can be fun because you just kind of bounce around, you, you play other good teams and, um, you know, there's no pressure of advancing and moving on. You do the best you can. So those are, shootouts are fun. I prefer a tournament um, just to, you know, I feel like there's a little more excitement, a little more uh, energy around tournaments. Um, obviously you're, you're playing for a championship, you're playing for a trophy, and um, um, that's, that's fun. That's, that's more fun. So I think everyone misses out. That's why it is a tournament, and they, they mostly are. Um, shootouts are kind of meant to bring teams from all over and just see what you got, and uh, these things are set up at tournaments for a reason. So, yeah, I, I guess so. I don't think it's the end of the world. You got to do what you got to do, but uh, I'll say they missed out, sure. Yeah, I'll agree with you. I think they missed out. I think way. Um, I think shootouts are fun, like you said, but um, I feel like a tournament, especially like the Thanksgiving tournaments and the Christmas tournaments, those really prepare you for the playoffs where you learn how to survive in advance and uh, advance through the bracket. And um, obviously when you play in the IHSA postseason, it's not like you're not playing the next day um, after you win. So you don't have to learn that, but those uh, win and move on moments really do uh uh, present a team with uh, learning lessons and um, what you need to do to survive. So um, obviously the Ramblers are doing quite well at the shootout, but I do think that they missed out a little bit just by not uh, having a tournament and uh, not being able to uh, kind of get some more experience, even though they had some of that experience um, in their Thanksgiving tournament. All right, looking ahead, Joe, uh, into 2022, um, so processing 2020, but uh, where no way that Loyola will hit, win a state championship in 2022? Any Loyola team? Any Loyola team? Uh, yeah, sure. What the hell? Let's say way. Um, I think they'll have a chance in football, of course, and they'll probably be the favorites in one, if not both, lacrosses. Um, they just won the title in both lacrosses. Um, so let's say, let's say way. I mean, I, yeah, I can't think of a, a year. Maybe they didn't win the title. I'm sure it's happened um, as they keep switching off lacrosse, but uh, I'll say way. They want to, they'll want to stay title. Yeah, I think I agree. I'd agree with you. I think those lacrosses are always uh, very good. I think football, like you mentioned, um, always is a state title contender. Um, so yeah, I think I'll go way there. I think they always have the talent there. Um, and those usually seem to be the culprits for when um, it comes time to winning a state championship. So let's see if this final way or no way question of 2021 will get us to agree or just disagree because all we've, all we've been doing is um, agreeing in this one. Um, same question for Nutrier. Way or no way Nutrier wins a state title um, in 2022? Um, what did they get this year? They got field hockey and... I think they got they got regular hockey if you count it. It was a weird year for hockey, um, but Nutria Green won a state title, right? And and swimming, girls swimming, girls swimming, which was just uh, incredibly dominant. Um, trying to think, I, I mean, I'll say way. I think uh, tennis, which finished second, um, brings back most of its team, 
Um, lac both lacrosses have a chance. Um, soccer always has a chance. Um, they're going to be good again next year. Uh, girls soccer. Um, and I think, uh, yeah, swimming will have another chance, even though they, they have a couple underclassmen that meddled. Um, and while their two studs are leaving, um, they'll, they'll actually maybe four or five studs. They're, uh, they're going to just uh, fill her up. So um, I'll say, Wayne, I say they both do in 2022. All right, I'm going to finish 2021 by agreeing with you, unfortunately, <laughs> because I think, uh, yeah, I agree with you. I think, like you mentioned, all those, all those teams lacrosse has a really good chance to compete with Loyola for a state title, either boys or girls. So um, I do foresee a state championship um, for either both Loyola and New Trier, maybe. I'm sure they'll be facing off against each other for a state title once or twice uh, in the 2022, but um, definitely think that they'll uh, each win at least one um, state championship in the new year. Um, I'm sure Trevian and Rambler fans are happy to hear that. And um, let's move on over now to the fourth quarter where we look back at the year that was 2021. Um, Sports-wise here, I know obviously um, feels like this year will not end and uh, hoping that for better stuff in 2022 as opposed to what um, 2021 and 2020 were. But uh, there were some good stuff for our local area teams. Um, a lot of fun stories, a lot of state championships like we talked about um, a little bit earlier here, but um, just looking back, Joe, I mean, no, I mean, you got um, some uh, state titles for Nutrier, uh, state titles for boys and girls lacrosse at Loyola. Um, Loyola football obviously finishing the season undefeated. You got some second place finishes as well, but um, a lot of winning up in the North Shore. So, I mean, what was your favorite memory or memories from 2021 when it came to um, North Shore sports here? Yeah, that's a good question. It's always hard to even remember what the heck even happened this year. Um, but, you know, because the year started out so tenuous with, you know, is basketball going to play or is it not? Uh, that might be my, my most memorable story arc was basketball because obviously I'm a big hoops fan. Um, but it was really, you know, back and forth. Is it going to play? It isn't. We were watching day by day the metrics that the state was saying they were going to follow, whether they were going to go back and play, then they kind of removed and changed a metric and all of a sudden they were good to play. So um, despite what some other <laughs> reports came out, were saying, and a lot of uh, pessimism um, on Twitter and whatnot, uh, basketball played um, and they, it was a shortened season and they didn't get any postseason, but that was pretty cool. Um, so that was fun to see. Uh, that might be my most memorable, even though we didn't have any uh, spectacular finishes. The Loyola girls were extremely good with five players that went to play on college ball, but um, we didn't get to see just how good, but still it was, it was great to see basketball back out there. Um, big fan. Um, I am spring football. Well, it's, it's probably unlikely we ever see that again. Um, so that's got to stick in your memory, you know, going to games and, you know, I remember me and Marty were at um, some games in the fall. It was, uh, I'm sorry, in the spring where it was, you know, warm, not just mild, it was warm. <laughs> so that was, uh, that was nice and different. Um, didn't have to fight through snow. There was still some rain, of course, similar spring and fall rain, but um, we'll never see that again. So that was cool. And watching Loyola just absolutely pummel folks for six games and Vaughn Pemberton go crazy in the final game against Marist. 
um, something I won't forget. Um, the state championships were fun with, with lacrosse and uh, field hockey, um, especially. Um, I made it to swimming, but we had a little family issue where I had to leave there early, but um, the girls swimming just being so dominant. And you, you kind of saw it coming, so I don't know if it was that memorable, just because it's like, okay, there it is. We knew it was coming, and and there it is. They were that that good, that much better than the state this year. So, um, pretty cool to see. A um, lot lot of memories from this year because of how unusual it is. I mean, we were at soccer games in the super sectional was something like June fifteenth, and wrestling went to 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 that late as well. Um, I think that the final stop date was what like June nineteenth or something. Yeah, it was around there. So yeah, just very unusual things that we got to experience and talk about and i hope we never do again um, <laughs> for the sake of everybody um just from the stress to obviously health um but uh it was it was an incredibly memorable year what do you think yeah i think just being able to play was definitely a, a big memory i agree with you just uh um this, this uh, the whole winter fiasco about whether basketball is going to come back and um the million sports that happened in the spring where you had so many sports going on more than usual in spring because spring is already a, a pretty hectic time of year, but I mean, just all the different sports that were going on, it was um, insane. But I think uh, um, I remember like covering the girls, uh, I think it was uh, the semifinals or whatever, where it was Nutrier and uh, uh, Loyola playing. And then uh, Ellie Lazaredo was uh, able to uh, help the Ramblers get to overtime and then win it. And then obviously they won the state championship and then, the week later, I was there uh, to watch Loyola win the state championship. Um, and then just being warm and people being outside and happy, and it felt normal. I think that was probably the most normal sporting event I covered this year. Where it was like, no, like at that point, it was like, I think they had just announced that masks you don't have to wear if you're vaccinated, and it was outside. So people were like feeling free and that sort of stuff. And it was like 80 degrees and it was like perfect weather. And it just felt like, huh, this feels like pretty normal. And then obviously, uh, um, we got to pretty normal in the fall, and but things kind of um, got a little hectic here in the winter. But um, I think just being able to cover sports and being able to have some sense of normalcy um, here again was definitely one of my favorite memories. Like you mentioned, the spring season for football we'll never see again, hopefully, um, and all just the different state championships and um, all that sort of run, the, all the different things that were going on, and including this past fall season. I mean, we saw some great football games as well. Um, just a lot of fun memories here that um, I'm sure that uh, we'll uh, probably never forget just based on what they were associated with and just everything else that kind of happened with it. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I, I, I remember editing and, and reading some of the stories you did for us in the, in the winter. I mean, some, some may have even been 2020, but, you know, as, as the year turned over, we're doing stories about how this team wants to get back on the court or the field and this team what's it like missing possibly two straight seasons and you know you kind of defined yourself as a student athlete just hearing what the kids had to say I feel it was very impactful um to you know how, how you go about covering the sport and the and the thought and the care you put into it um and sports writers should put into it because it means a lot to uh those communities um so um that was just um you know, that I, that's a takeaway for me is reading all that and kind of, you know, putting that in your back pocket and knowing that just just more information for you to take take with you as you as you go about your job um, was important. And 
another one of my favorite things from, from 2021 was watching Marco Maldonado play football. Um, I only got to do it for four games, which is a darn shame. Um, oh, I, well, I, I take that back because I watched him some in the spring. Um, so I guess I got to do it for, for about eight, nine games, but really as a starter for, for the four games this year until he got hurt. And man, what a football player he is. Um, and no discredit to any other football players we watch from, from new trier guys. We really enjoyed to, to other loyal guys, but he was going to do something really special this year. Um, maybe break school records. He already broke one um, and, and just put up massive numbers and maybe lead loyal to the state title. They got to the semifinals anyway, but um, he, he's a special player um, and it's too bad. We didn't get to watch more of him, but I don't take for granted those games I did. Yeah, definitely. He was just on a tear, and obviously we're hoping that he does uh, well at Colgate as well. But um, I think f- final uh, note for me is just uh, um, I think uh, I think just the resiliency that everyone dealt with this past year. I mean, uh, being tested, obviously the outbreaks that would happen, especially here in the winter where you can't play in a tournament or you have to play with like out your star players or without even your head coach or something like that. So um, just a resiliency that everyone showed throughout the year, making sure that everything was happening safe. Cause um, I knew I just based on all the interviews we did throughout the year. I mean, all these kids wanted to do was just play sports and wanted to uh, um, hang out and uh, just uh, um, just do some great things. And uh, um, kudos to them for making it happen. And um, hopefully these coaches and players never have to do this again. And, uh, we can just go back to, uh, um, you know, playing sports, you know, all good, no worries about COVID, no worries about an outbreak, no worries about getting someone sick or anything like that. And hopefully we can, uh, in the new year, just uh, hoping uh, hoping that we can get back to normal um, like we were before, because those were definitely uh, some of the fun times, but definitely uh, memories that we will never forget in 2021 and 2022. It was a lot of great stuff to cover, a lot of fun memories to cover as well. Um, I'm sure we didn't hit on every single thing that a great thing that happened in 2021, but um, it was fun to cover and talk to everybody um, about it. So uh, I think that's everything that we've got for this week's episode of the podcast, last podcast episode of 2021. Looking forward to talking to you guys in 2022. Um, But uh, just a quick reminder that you can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes make sure you are checking us out there um, and anywhere else that you listen to podcasts. Um, Always appreciate the great feedback um, and all the great stuff that uh, you guys mentioned about the Varsity Podcast. And make sure you are checking out older episodes of the Varsity as well. We're looking forward to doing some great things in 2022, talking some more sports, complaining about the IHSA. Make sure you're checking out the record northshore.org for all the latest updates, not just about sports, but everything else. And check out my work at Friday Night Drive. We've got some uh, off-season uh, recruiting lounges happening, some uh, updates on some players about what as we're heading into uh, um, off-season recruiting season as well. So a lot of stuff, so make sure you're checking us all out. But um, for Joe and I, thanks as always for listening this year, and uh, we will talk to you guys in 2022. Happy New Year, y'all. See ya. Thank you for listening to The Varsity, a product of the record northshore.org, your nonprofit local newsroom.